Welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one best-selling award-winning book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy, as well as the books Navigating the Clickety-Clack, How to Stay Peace-Filled in a Seemingly Toxic World, Evolutionary Healer, and Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, a Holistic Approach. And uh, we are here to help support you if you are a highly sensitive soul. I would love to give you my free gift called the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power. So you can live the life of your dreams and fulfill your purpose. And you can get that at SensitiveSoulGuide.com. It's a free downloadable PDF, and I hope you love it as much as I loved creating it. And uh, our purpose here at Light Warrior Radio is to help you manifest the life of your dreams, whether that's, you know, radiant health, uh, prosperity, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. So thank you so much for joining me. And today our focus is going to be on prosperity, but not just about money, but really like 360 degrees of prosperity, Um, you know, having abundance in all areas of our life. And we think a lot about abundance as money, uh, understandably, but uh, one can have a lot of money, but be really stressed. Uh, One could have a business and be really stressed, but know that you're out there to to really make uh, a difference in the world. And uh, my guest today, Trey Sinet, is an expert at helping entrepreneurs, especially those that are like me who are very sensitive and, and spiritual and, and really want to make a difference, you know, how to get more joy and flow into our lives. And I'm just going to tell a little story uh, before I welcome Trey formally to the show is that, um, you know, we are going to be talking about the wealth dynamics of profiling system. And I stumbled across this, I think, through another entrepreneur uh, who's very successful, by the way. And, um, you know, she says, well, I think you need a such and such, <laughs> you know, and I was like, a what? <laughs> you know, she says, well, you should do your wealth dynamics profile. So um, I did and found out that I was a creator and I'm like, wow, that really resonates. And so I read the document and I was like, wow, this is like really, really me. And what was really fascinating, I had a good laugh over this is, um, it, you know, in the document, it actually mentioned what I was not good at as well as what I was really good at. And I, it totally like dinged me like, yep, that's exactly me. And what I wasn't really good at is customer service. <laughs> and, you know, on the weekend, sometimes, you know, especially after a launch, we'll have a lot of people, you know, uh, emailing us for, you know, questions and things like that. And when it comes to the weekend and I'm answering, um, <laughs> sometimes things don't go as well as staff are doing it. Let's just put it that way. You know, uh, one woman who was really sensitive said, um, it sounds like you're really impatient with me. And I'm like, ah, shoot, she read that crap. <laughs> you know, because I was like Sunday and I was like trying to do something really fast. And anyway, so I apologized her for that. But, uh, you know, had I known this years ago, my entrepreneurial, you know, path, let's just say, would have been much smoother because I wouldn't have tried to make myself do stuff that I didn't like to do. It didn't, wasn't really good at. Uh, and then I would attract the right team members to help complement my um, you know, personality, if you will, versus being this exact same as me. Um, and I had various interesting, um, you know, experiences in the past where somebody was too much like me, and we were both terrible at customer service. So that didn't go too well. Um, but, you know, uh, Trey reached out and he says, hey, how can I help you? And I'm like, you know, I would really like to learn more about me because I would really like to, you know, I'm, I'm growing, you know, team members are growing. I don't really know what I'm doing. 
You know, they don't teach this in medical school, <laughs> uh, and this is really useful. So I got together with Trey and uh, really, really helped me understand. And I'm still growing and learning. There's so much to learn, um, but, but it's really exciting because in the next step where I'm, you know, going towards, it's going to be really helpful uh, even more so um, when I invite that, you know, that next team member that I need. I actually even know what the profile is. I won't tell you what it is because when we, when we ask people to, to apply for the job, they're going to actually do their Wealth Dynamics profile. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, Trey is an expert master flow, entrepreneurial flow coach. Um, he's worked uh, with the Wealth Dynamics, um, you know, profiling system for quite a while and helping entrepreneurs um, from, yeah, all over, actually, uh, really, you know, uh, get them to a place where they love their business, they're feeling joy in their business, they're feeling flow in the business, so they're not so overwhelmed. We're going to talk about that first <laughs> as we grow our businesses, you know, so we can grow it with greater ease and grace and less frustration. And uh, him and his wonderful um, supporter profile, star profile wife is, is just an amazing uh, yin-yang team um, to help those of us who are interested in more abundance and flow in entrepreneurial space, really make a difference in the world, doing what we do best. So without further ado, thank you so much, Trey, for joining us today. Awesome. Glad to be here, Karen. Yeah, this is great. And I, I did want to check with our live listeners here. If you'd like to ask Trey a question, we'll be opening up the phone lines later on. The area, uh, sorry, the area code for the number is 818, and then you dial in 514-1190, hit one so we know your hand is up. 818-514-1190 and hit one. So even if you're not an entrepreneur at this point, but you're thinking of doing your business, a lot of people have been thinking about it for well, upwards of decades sometimes because there's something that you, your heart desires, you really want to go for it, but then you're afraid, you know, and I think knowing your wealth dynamics profile can be really, really helpful. And if you stay to the end of this call, we're actually going to have a very special offer. Um, you can come to class with me. <laughs> so, um, and this is a very special offer. So if you stay to the end, you know, you'll, I'll actually give you that uh, wonderful, um, you know, that, that gift of, of being able to, to do that um, and uh, connect with us in, uh, you know, a very cost-effective way. Let's put it that way. Um, so without, uh, let's uh, talk about you, Trey. Like, how did you get into this, you know, flow space? What was your life like um, before and after? Um, in a word, overwhelming before. <laughs> yeah, I know that one. I did the, I did the whole entrepreneur thing. Um, I've done it since I was 13 years old. And wow. so you know, while listening to this, you might not be an entrepreneur right now. In your definition of it, I've always uh, liked the definition that the French economist Frederick Bastiat had, which is that an entrepreneur is anybody who is applying themselves uh, in a way to be able to extract from the market. So even when you go get a job or you look for a way to help your employer more or you look for that raise, you know, any action where you are applying your mind to improve your lot is an entrepreneurial endeavor. So I like to think of entrepreneurship as a mindset more than a job title. And so I've been doing that my whole life, and I got to a point where I was in the top 1% of income earners, and I was miserable. Wow. And so it was just, it was time to really take a look at, you know, does it make sense to just run after and chase the money, uh, or should I be looking at other areas? And, you know, I'm married, I've got two little girls, and I was traveling all over the world um, teaching for celebrity entrepreneurs. It was, a, it was a glamorous lifestyle on the outside, but on the inside, I was at you know, hotels all the time, 50 weeks a year, I was on airplanes, I missed important dates for my kids, and I was mm. making myself 
And I know that your audience and you know a lot about, you know, holistic health. And I was just in a, in a horrible place with my gut health. And I realized like I had to change everything. I had to do something completely different. And I was fortunate enough to have, like you, very successful friends who knew about this system. And while actually at an art festival in the middle of the Nevada desert called Burning Man, I was introduced to this idea uh, of flow and that, you know, all of this, this intention and all of this uh, work that I had done to become successful, I could turn that same genius, and we are all geniuses, towards being able to create more flow in my life. And that's kind of the, the origin of how I discovered Wealth Dynamics, uh, which I'm super excited to get to talk to you about uh, today. But also what happened after that is, you know, almost miraculous, which is that I discovered, like you, I'm a creator profile, which totally allowed me to be who I am, let me off the hook for all the mistakes that I'd made. And also, it showed me that the things that I had kind of overlooked because they were too easy, they were just simple. So I just assumed that must not be the path to wealth, that actually the hard stuff wasn't <laughs> the path. It was actually following the things that I'm mm. most, uh, that was able to get me into a place where now I'm able to you know, live a life with a whole lot more flow, make flow the goal. Now my wife's my business partner. I'm traveling around with my family and I'm not away from the people that I love and my health is in the best place it's probably ever been. Wow. Oh, that's fantastic. I know some folks listening in are like, back up, back up. What do you mean, Trey? You were in the top 1% of income earners there. They're like, I want to be there. It can't be that bad, can it? <laughs> They're like, I've been poor my whole life. I'd really like to be there. You know, but what you're saying is, hey, you could be there and be miserable. And not I, know. I mean, to be, to be frank, most of the people I know who are top income earners um, are stressed out, right? Mm. Most people... I would say new. I, I'm in completely different circles these days. But growing up and the people that I put myself around in order to you know, chase after success, I was modeling their behavior. And that's how I got there. Oh. And there's this assumption in our culture that hard work equals success. And if that's what you look for and that's what you believe and that's what you'll find and that's what you'll copy, and maybe that's the result you'll get. And unfortunately, that hard work translates into uh, you know, chronic stress, uh, chronic fight or flight. This being in a place where you're always in your sympathetic nervous system and you never really mm. relax versus a state of flow, right? If you think about when you meet up with an old friend you haven't seen in years and you're at a coffee shop for 30 minutes and then you look at your watch and it's actually been four hours or you're, <laughs> and you're playing the violin or the guitar and the music's just pouring out of you and you're not even thinking about the notes, but somehow it's happening, you know, or maybe you're a creator and you're writing or painting. We all experience these mm -hmm. things. Right. Jumping out of an airplane will put you right into a state of flow. And we think of those as peak states. And so we go look for that like once a quarter or once a month or maybe once a week. But most of us spend 40 to 50 to 60 hours of our week working, thinking about work, thinking about thinking about work. And that is a stress inducing <laughs> state unless the work that we're doing is indistinguishable from play. And so that's, that's the target. That's the goal. We don't start there, but we move our way towards that. And the more we move towards it, the more fun we have in our work the more flow we have in our work, which ultimately does result, turns out, in more long-term sustainable wealth anyway. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, uh, part of my brain was like, yeah, I, you know, years ago I, I believed it. And I think, you know, uh, a lot of people don't believe in it. I remember talking to my uh, brother who's three years younger, and he just loves to download, well, at the time, I, what it was, you know, uh, movie videos, and he would critique them. And I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, there must be a way you can make money that way. You know? <laughs> like, of course, I wasn't in the place where he would 
you know, even entertain the idea that he could do what he really loved to do and earn money. So he's, you know, um, in a respectable job at a chocolate factory, um, not doing necessarily anything he likes, but it's just kind of there, you know, just kind of drudgery, but then, you know, he gets to do whatever he likes on the weekends. And, but I felt like after I worked for um, a number of hospitals, one being UCLA, that there were so many things that I had no control over, um, you know, certain rules that would come up, um, some, certain things that I felt were unethical or unreasonable. There was nothing I could do, and it was so frustrating. And then I became an entrepreneur, and then I didn't know what I was doing. So I was really, um, yeah, let's just say struggling for money. And I read all these books and did all these courses, but I didn't have the right timing, like, you know, because sometimes when you, as you know, you know, when you buy this, course with Laura Langmire or whatever like they don't really know you like you don't get to talk to her you know like and I loved all my coaches I mean they, they definitely helped me for sure but I wasn't really making the money and it was such a struggle um so I think whatever you know you're teaching now and your your experience is so helpful uh, because many of us are you know reading the books doing the workshops and not really getting results so maybe you can comment on that well, yeah, I mean, eight, here's my comment on that. 87.5% of the books you read and people you listen to have a different wealth dynamics profile than you. So the chances mm. of actually listening to somebody who's, even if they're teaching you what worked for them, the chances that it's going to work for you, unless they happen to be the same path to wealth that you are, the chances are really low. And, and even, if, even if you do have success following somebody else's um, tactic, you know, oftentimes you'll end up burning out because it's not the right strategy for you, right? And so I call it, you know, mm. especially for creators, we get shiny tactic syndrome. We're trying to make money. And so we see this person says start a Facebook group and this person says start a podcast and this person says write a book. And so yep. we're looking at like all of these options and it's like, which one do I choose? And the answer is you can choose any of those. But if it's not in service to a strategy that is right for your particular thinking dynamic, whether you're intuitive or sensory, and right for your specific action dynamic, whether you're more extroverted or introverted, then that strategy or those tactics may end up actually moving you further away from your goal if your goal is health, prosperity, happiness, free time, enjoying the life that you live, and you just end up in that hustle and grind. But here's the thing. You're not doing it wrong. It's not your fault. All of us have been taught since the day we were born to be like each other. And when everybody's trying to be everyone they're not, nobody's who they are. And so mm. you go to school, you have, you know, great grades in three areas, bad grades in two areas. Everybody wants you to focus on the two that aren't good. So we take that with us into, into adulthood, assuming that the stuff we're not as good at is where we should focus our effort. And so we put all of this energy and effort into the areas that are going to be the least productive and return the least for us and then miss out on the time doing the things that we love and spending it with the people we care about. Wow. Yep. That is definitely true. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a novel concept, right? That your, your path to wealth for you is to follow your flow. And the things that put you into flow oftentimes are the things that, that get overlooked. But, um, mm. you know, when, when you understand, like when you become a business owner, when you leave a job, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a deeper level of what we teach, like at our workshops and stuff, um, where it's beyond just knowing your type, it's also knowing, hey, you know, what level are you at in business? And that's not necessarily measured by dollars of income or number of assets. It's, it's measured by the, the number of people in the market who know you exist. It's measured about uh, the amount of trust that you create. I know a lot of people that make a lot of money and they go backwards in trust. And so that ends up being hmm. unsustainable. Right? So this whole conversation is about sus sustainable flow. Right? It's about creating yes. 
better life, but not one that is fleeting, you know, creating more money. But, you know, some people, everybody wants to get rich overnight. And, you know, I spent 15 years trying to get rich quick and found out pretty quickly that I could have just walked up uh, the back of a mountain instead of trying to climb all these cliff faces. You know, sometimes it just makes sense for you to build something consistent and sustainable. And what Wealth Dynamics does for you is it removes 87.5% of the wrong information so that you make sure the work you're doing is just the stuff that's in your flow. Wow. Yeah, that is life changing for sure. Um, now, there's, you know, there's this 5,000 year old Chinese proverb um, that predicts every mistake you're going to make in business. What's that about? Yeah, so, you know, Wealth Dynamics is actually based on the Chinese Book of Changes, uh, translated from the I Ching or I Ching. Um, and, I mean, it's literally the oldest, you know, divine text in the world that we know of. And in China and in Asia, they, they use this as, you know, a guiding book, a guiding principle. And so the creator of Wealth Dynamics, being half Chinese and half Scottish, was like, hey, I'm going to merge these worlds of, you know, uh, Eastern philosophy and Western ambition uh, and put together an architecture that allows people to really understand who they are as it applies to economics, as it applies to the business world, as it applies to building wealth. And so it specifically is, um, you know, if you put it in categories, you'd call it a personality test or a personality assessment, mm-hmm. but it really is so much more than that. Uh, it really is more about understanding what is going to put you in that natural state of flow so that you're not working for the weekend. When you're in your flow, you have seven days of the week, not just two. Oh, yeah. Well, I did notice that, uh, you know, things have changed over time for myself and um, especially did not like, you know, working for the hospital. I loved seeing patients for sure. I loved that part, but the administrative stuff, the rule following, the, you know, I didn't have control. I didn't like that at all. Um, but now that I have my own business and now I sort of know what I'm doing, uh, mo- more know what I'm doing. Um, it's like, it's fun for me. Like my, my husband will watch from the, you know, and we'll talk about whether he should do his as well. But anyway, so he'll watch and he'll go, wow, you work a lot, you know? And yes, I, I mean, definitely need some help there, you know, organizing my time and things like that for sure. But um, I have to say I have fun. I think 99.9% of the time when I'm working. Like I really love what I'm doing. And even if I'm just building a website or trying to figure it out or whatever, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Where does this button go? (laughs) Yeah, which for other people might sound like a nightmare, right? Right. So my husband looks at you and says, man, you're you're working a lot, right? Or, um, Or you're working hard. I mean, you might look at somebody who's paddling really hard out in the ocean to catch a big wave and say, well, they're working hard in between the waves. Yeah. The idea is to catch the waves, and the idea is that the, you're working hard, but it's not hard work, right? Hard work is mm-hmm. when you, as a creator, might have to sit down and do, you know, data entry or customer service, you know, like yeah. you earlier, right? So that's hard work. Working hard is something we choose to do when we play. If you if you look at most people that are playing sports, they're they're really hustling, but it's an enjoyable experience, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing necessarily with hustle if that's coming from a place of flow and fun just like you know you would before they had ski lifts you'd hustle your way up to the top of the mountain to be able to ski down and so what what this approach really does for us is it says okay look you have a particular way that you think and act and when you align your tasks to the things that are the most natural for you you're going to have fun but you know I want to kind of go back to what you were talking about the hospital which is more about leadership than it is about job which is to say, I have employees, most of my clients have employees, and they're not having the experience that you had where you're having to do all mm-hmm. these things. 
quo because as leaders, we know where do these team members actually fit in? What is their flow? And it turns out the big secret to being able to get yourself into flow is actually getting a team around you who are in their flow. When you as a creator have people that are, you know, more uh, outgoing necessarily than you are, can slow down. You know, you mentioned earlier not having a lot of patience. Yeah, creators, we're, we're not the most patient. We're all about, you know, big thinking. We're all about progress. We're mm-hmm. all about Yep. So patience runs, you know, <laughs> but that still needs to be there. You still need to have patience, right? I mean, you know, um, Steve Jobs was running a million miles an hour creating the next thing, but if there wasn't customer service at Apple, someone that could actually slow down and teach a, you know, 70-year-old woman how to be able to use a MacBook at the Genius Bar, right, then that, right. Speed, that speed of growth wouldn't actually be sustainable because there wouldn't be that, that counterbalance. And so as with everything, you mentioned the yin and yang, there is a counterbalance, and Wealth Dynamics measures those two counterbalances. And based off of understanding that, and, you know, we're on audio here, and I don't have, like, my pen and paper to draw out the pictures and stuff like that, but we get, you know, pretty graphic and describe, like, what does it actually look like to be who you are? Who needs to be around you to compliment you? And then based off of that, you choose, okay, this is my path to wealth. This is my path to flow. And then you just start moving towards that. And you begin to see it in your day-to-day life. You begin to recognize the differences between you and other people. And you celebrate those differences instead of begrudging them out of, you know, jealousy or puffing yourself up. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, you know, I had a, this is when I had an office, I had a front desk person who was a friend of mine. And she's very, you know, sweet and loving. And, and we haven't done her wealth print dynamics profile. She doesn't work for me in that, uh, you know, way. But the funny thing is, is that, um, you know, I would teach her something on Microsoft Word or something like that and to do. And then she would ask me three more times how to do it. <laughs> and I was like, um, but at the time we did something called life purpose profiles and that's more of a spirit. I mean, this is spiritual as well, but it's not, a, you know, it, it's similar, but um, not as powerful in terms of what we're looking for. Um, and uh, I found out that she was a, what's called an emotional intelligence specialist. So, so she didn't learn things like I did very quickly. I was called a knowledgeable achiever. So I would just like learn something and just implement it like the next day, you know, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Whether or not I did it perfectly, you know, I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to do it. And um, I would just learn super, super fast. And so I get frustrated with people when they didn't learn as fast as me. But, you know, my, my um, you know, main administrative assistant, Tasha, is an accumulator. So she's the one that helps me slow me down. Because I'd be like, okay, let's do this JV launch and we can do this and this. And she's like, um, okay, so, <laughs> so back up a little bit, you know, how are we going to do this? And, you know, so she'll just... And I'm like, oh, wait, oh, wait, no, I got two things going at the same time. Shoot, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's the time of genius, right? So, so basically, if you're listening to this, you are one of four types of geniuses, right? You are either a genius with ideas like Karen is. Uh, you're a genius with people. Uh, my wife is that way. She just knows mm-hmm. who to call. She's really everything. good. Right. You might be a genius with timing, like your accumulator on your team saying, hey, when are we actually going to do this? Or you might be a genius with systems or structure. And depending on which geniuses uh, or combination of those geniuses uh, you have and to what degree really dictates what type of activity is going to make the most sense for you. Should you be creating your way to wealth, serving your way to wealth, connecting and collaborating your way to wealth, or should you be systemizing your way to wealth? And there are tactics and tools and strategies and books and authors and mentors for all of that. It just begins by understanding where do you fit in in that picture. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because, you know, I've, I've definitely read my share of books and, uh, you know, certain things and, and really tried to do those things um, and then felt like a little bit of a failure because um, they just seemed, I don't know, like pulling teeth. <laughs> yeah, and, and you end up you end up really admiring the people who are naturally gifted in the areas that you naturally struggle, and you overlook the areas where you're naturally gifted, right? And so mm-hmm. you may look at somebody, you know, for example, you're a creator. So the opposite of a creator in wealth dynamics is what we call a trader, and that's you know somebody like uh, Peter Lynch or a George Soros or someone that can just sit there and trade stocks all day. Um, if you or I tried to do that, even if you know it didn't drive us nuts and we were enjoying it. <laughs> We'll have the knack for it. So that, that knack for timing, that little extra genius, that little punch that you have around creativity and quickly learning things is compensated. That yawn is compensated by your yin uh, down below where it's like, I don't actually have um, that timing. I don't have that slowing down and you know, ear to the ground um, sensory uh, awareness uh, like I do the intuitive one. And that's okay. It's the, the more you have one, the less you have the other. It kind of works well. Um, so we each get to celebrate our gifts. We get to create alliances around those gifts. And then based on those alliances, we now have a much stronger group than all of us would be independently added together. Right? As they say, the sum is stronger than, or the whole is stronger than the sum of its parts. So that, that's really what this is about. It's about team. It's about collaborative effort. It's about knowing yourself, understanding yourself. And for me, it's, it's been incredibly powerful because of how it brings people together. You know, I'll go and I'll these workshops for people's private communities and I'll come back a year later and the whole community is just talking about how they've teamed up this way and that way and how this person's a Lord and this person's a deal maker. And, you know, we have all these different archetypes. There's eight of them. And when you understand what they are, it, it just gives so much more context and color uh, to the way that you see each other. Uh, And it, you know, it doesn't limit you. It actually empowers you to be able to connect more deeply, to understand people, to have more patience with people who might be different from you because you understand, you know, what makes them different. Like your team may be more patient with you and your, you know, crazy ADHD seeming ideas uh-huh. over the place. <laughs> yet, oh, that's just, that's just a creator. And then you right. have more patience with people who don't just, you know, get it as fast as you do because you know that, that lack of getting it is the reason why they're going to be so much better on a customer service call than you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely that appreciation for each other's talents and gifts and just knowing, I mean, I, I don't know about whether this is a creator thing or, or not, but uh, I think I wanted to be good at everything and realize stark reality is like, a, that's not really possible. That's not what I'm supposed to be here for. But I think that we're kind of taught that, right? Like that's what you were saying before. Um, you know, people saying, well, work on, work on the things you're not good at. <laughs> I've always said, like, in school, you get in trouble if you pay someone else to take your test. In business, that's how you do it, ah. right? If you're not in an area, you're supposed to pay somebody else to handle that, someone who's smarter than you in the areas where you're weak. And I think even the word weak makes us want to go strengthen it. Just there's this, yep. there's this polarity. Um, but I think the, the reality is that in every way that we are positive, there's some negative side to that. In every way that we have a negative, there's a positive side to it. So if we don't puff ourselves up and have these super high expectations of ourselves, and instead we really recognize, okay, this is where I've shined, and this is where I'm, let's call it challenged, then let me meet that challenge by getting someone who shines in that area, who believes in what I'm doing. And so, you know, I know a lot of the people Mm. listening to this are purpose-driven. 
right? They're passionate about things in this world. And while, you know, we're talking about, you know, money uh, and we're talking about prosperity and we're talking about abundance here, what we're really talking about is wealth. And the way that we define wealth is wealth is actually what's left over when the money goes away. It's everything besides the money. Money comes wow. if you have wealth. So whether you're building a nonprofit organization, uh, a political action campaign, whatever you're doing, if it's a group of people working together to achieve a common goal, then this is the system to use because it allows us to understand each other and understand where our strengths and weaknesses lie. And you're going to need someone at the computer, someone at the mic, someone at the drawing board, and someone on the phone. And as long as you've got all of that on your team, you can go do amazing things. Oh, you just simplified that right down. Can you say that again for us? Sure. I think <laughs> just float out. Love of the analogies. Yeah, but I said, you know, if you have somebody at the drawing board, right, coming up with the idea and the strategy and somebody on the mic is going out there talking to the world about it and somebody, you know, that's actually at the computer and doing the, strat- the um, data entry and making sure everything's working in the systems, and then you have somebody that's actually on the phone taking care of people, making sure stuff is fulfilled. It doesn't matter if it's business, political action, charity, nonprofit, you know, government, uh, religion, any, any effort. If we're all working together and we're doing so in our separate geniuses, we're going to find more flow, more enjoyment, and you don't necessarily even have to work 40 hours a week, right, unless you want to, right? It becomes an option because the market, I think there's this assumption that people have that the market is perfectly efficient, and because of this perfect efficiency, then what they're making and how much they're working and the people they're around making and more, everything is optimized already. But we also intuitively know that there's no way that's true. So we look around and we meet other people who seem to not be working as much as we are, uh, yet somehow they're able to have things that we don't have. And so we make this assumption uh, about being, where they must like, be better than us, right? Mm. Uh, they must be doing something we don't know. Uh, when in reality, while we're judging is their front stage, we don't see their backstage. We don't know what they've gone through. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what, you know, trauma in their childhood has forced them to overcompensate in this area or that. And so comparison, I always say, is the theft of joy. If you want real yep. joy, it comes from personal advancement, not from comparison. But if you're going to see the contrast and you're going to notice that other people are in a place that you're not in yet, whether that's more free time or that's more money, right, then notice the contrast as a possibility, right? If they can do it, maybe there's something that I haven't thought of yet, some perspective I haven't seen, right? Maybe I'm surrounded by people who are a whole lot like me, think like me, act like me, talk like me, do the things that I do, vibrate at the same frequency. And so I'm just not being made aware of the possibilities that exist outside of me. And so go find a container where you can be around people who are at completely different levels that work in completely different ways, and that may begin to reveal to you some differences, some, some nuances in your approach to building wealth uh, from, from the ones that are actually working in a way that you would like. Right. Well, I, I think that uh, one of the questions coming up is like, hey, you know, I, I thought we're supposed to – you know, find our tribe, you know, the vibes the same and, and that, you know, love and respect the same kind of things we do. Uh, you know, especially the, the spiritual people that I have in my group, like they're like, well, I feel kind of weird. Nobody understands me because I'm so sensitive. So, and then when they find our community, they feel like, like, oh my gosh, somebody understands me. This is so great. Um, but when it comes to business, surrounding yourself with people exactly like you is not so, not so good. Not, not really helpful. I mean, you can have the same spiritual bent but not the geniuses can be different and complement each other yeah and i think a lot of what you're talking about is values right so if i Mm. can be 
people who share my values and, you know, my values of family or, you know, my values of, of integrity or my values of, you know, self-development. Like these are the things that I value the most. Now, if I am around people that love family, love self-development, love integrity, but they have no um, intention or value for creating and building wealth, well, then there's a missing piece there, right? Because I have another value, which is building wealth. And so mm. if you're in a place right now where you're like, you know what, I have realized that I've hung out with my friends who are, you know, spiritual like me, they're loving like me, they're caring, they're sensitive, they're open, um, but they're just tends to also be this thread of most of them aren't making any money. Yep. Don't that is true. <laughs> that all the people making money automatically just don't have all those other things. Like this was why Burning Man blew my mind because when I went there in 2015, I always assumed that on, in one bucket there were the successful people and in the other bucket there was the spiritual people and they're not the same people. And that false assumption kept me trapped in one of the two buckets at times. Right? So I would go be with all the non-spiritual go-getter, hustler, grinder, make all the money, don't care what happens to the people that you're selling things to or don't care what happens to your employees or their lifestyle, you know, just drive for the money. And I'd be around those people and be like, I don't fully fit here, but mm -hmm. I'm learning about wealth building. And then I'd go be with the spiritual people, you know, and they would be doing amazing things and be sensitive and tapped into their intuition and take time to meditate and all of that. But then many of them, when it came to money, they actually had anger towards people with wealth. They actually, you know, victimized mm. by the situation they were in. And I didn't feel any of that because I knew that I could actually go do something about it. And so I was like, man, where's my tribe? And so yep. when I went to Burning, there's all sorts of people there. Um, but I started to meet some people who were at that cross section. And I, that's the reason why Grace and I created the Alliance of Conscious Entrepreneurs is it's that, that Venn diagram where those two worlds overlap, where you can actually have spirituality and you can have wealth and I would even argue that without spirituality, all you're going to have is money. You're not going to have wealth, right? And that right. you're a spiritual, super sensitive person, but you still have money blocks, right? Then there's an area of your spiritual development that you have yet to actually look at. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think people kind of know there's a block, but they think it's just like, oh, can you just remove this block for me? You know, can you just erase it for me? <laughs> I mean, there are some we can do that for, but um, I think that some some work is really uh, internal and in, in knowing yourself. Now, can you make that quote again where you said, because I'm going to actually make a meme out of it. It's so good. Um, you said, wealth is everything you have when there's no more money left. How, how did you yeah. exactly say that? Yeah, so wealth is what's left over when the money goes away. Okay. Wealth is what's left over when the money when... goes away. The money goes, okay, great. I love that. Name that with a metaphor or an example. Um, let's say that you have no money. Um, you know, let's say you're some of the poorest people in the country. Like, let's say you live in um, an old mobile home. You have a broken down car. Like, your entire net worth is, like, hundreds of dollars. And then suddenly you win the lottery, right? We've mm -hmm. actually seen this happen in our culture mm -hmm. where people are of very low means, uh, poor mm -hmm. even, end up winning a lottery. And the assumption when that person bought the lottery ticket was this is going to change my life. Yep. And it does, not in the way they expect. They think, oh, I'm going to become wealthy forevermore. But what ends up happening more often than not, you come back and check in on that person in you know, three to five years, is the money's all gone. Oftentimes, they got themselves into debt. Uh, oftentimes, mm -hmm. because 
the money, a lot of their friends and family and people that they may have had skirmishes with in the past start suing them, and their life actually gets worse as a result of money. Wow. So we think, let's go get money. That creates wealth. And so people go buy lottery tickets. I hope that creates wealth. That's not wealth. That's just money. It's gone. And we see that happen over and over and over again with lottery winners. Now, if you were to reverse it and say, hey, let's run a reverse lottery on Elon Musk. The government says, Elon, we're going to do a reverse lottery, and you've got to give us all your money. So take all the cash out of your bank, every dollar that you have, and give it to us. Next month, he's a billionaire again. In five years, he's back up on top because he has teams, because he has trust in the marketplace, because he has a brilliant mind, because he has experience, because he has actual assets that produce money, not just money, right? And so wealth is so much more than just money. But money, currency, literally means current, like to move, right? Currency is always moving around. $7 trillion a day move from one bank account to another set of bank accounts. Like literally, like $7 trillion woke up this morning in one set of bank accounts that will close the day. (laughs) That's currency. It's just moving around. And it's all the stuff that's not that, that's actually the wealth. So Mm. it's funny and fixated on the wrong side of the equation. Oh yeah, there's there's so many of us in the the healer world, and and uh, and I don't say this as a criticism, but you know myself having gone through it, um, where like you said, um, Har- T. Harbacker used to call it the money monk, uh, the people that just don't want to deal with money. <laughs> They're just like I'm gonna be spiritual, and you know that you know was it Joseph Campbell said you know follow your bliss, right? And so all of us are following our bliss, and we're like, where's the money? We're really poor. You know, I can't afford to buy organic food, <laughs> you know, because they're like, I don't get it. This doesn't work. You know, this follow your bliss stuff. It's just full of shit. Excuse the language. Um, and yeah. it can be really, really frustrating. You know, being being somebody that comes from kind of both of those worlds, you know, for me, because I, I was in the hustle and grind world first before I burned out and then found my way to, you know, spirituality and really looking within and working on my shadow and all of that, you know, it it's... It's very common when we are um, trying to go do something meaningful in the world, something where we're going to make an impact, something where we're not being the quote-unquote greedy corporation, where we almost assume or we become entitled to success. Like, why is this not working? I'm trying to help the world. But if you act that objectively, that's still a victim mindset. I am a victim of not working. And in the hero triangle, we're either the victim, the hero, uh, or the villain. And so when we look at our life and we say, all right, well, I'm obviously not the villain here. I'm doing everything, you know, because I want to help people. That means we're either the victim or the hero. And if we're the victim, right, then that means we're saying, well, it's not fair. This doesn't work. You know, you know not just poor as me, but poor as all the people I want to help. And then we look for somebody to blame. And then, of course, if you look, you'll find it. And so you just stay stuck. And it's a, it's a vicious loop versus being the hero who says, okay, what sacrifices do I need to make right now to actually move my agenda forward? What, what, what short-term sacrifices of my time, of, you know, the, you know, of my value? Like maybe one of my values is spending lots of time with my friends or with my kids. Um, right. But now this, this guy Trey is telling me that I'm going to have to spend an extra four hours a day, uh, you know, doing this, this other thing to be able to get my business off the ground. Well, I don't want to do that because that would sacrifice short-term the time I get to spend with the people I love. And that doesn't add up for me. But what we do in Wealth Dynamics is we actually look a little bit further into the future. And we say, well, you know, actually by doing this now in three months, you'll be able to pivot 
this way, make way more money than you're making now because you'll have spent three months actually building wealth, and wealth isn't money, it's trust. So if you actually spend the three months showing up in a way that you never have, if you actually spend that time uh, supporting and helping and serving people by actually getting the sale, because if you don't get the sale, you can't change their life, right? you actually take a little bit of that um, genius that has come from humanity pursuing business, and you actually do it for holistic reasons, for, for good reasons, then in three months, you know, you're able to pivot back to where you now have more time with your family, more time with the people you love, and you can make a bigger contribution because you actually have some cash, right? And so mm-hmm. it's, it's understanding that there's an ebb and there's a flow and that it's like stepping left foot and right foot. And we have a formula in Wealth Dynamics, which I teach at my workshops in more depth, but it's simple. It's wealth equals value times leverage. Wealth equals yeah. value times leverage. So where are you providing value and where are you leveraging that value? And for a lot of people, right, we become, especially if you're at the lower levels of income and you're at the lower levels of wealth, we become very attached to our ideas. And we're like, oh, my idea is going to change the world. Um, There are so many ideas. I mean, how many of you, I'm sure you, Karen, have you ever had an idea that you didn't do anything with and then a year or three years later you see it in the market making a ton of money? Oh, how many can I talk about? But I will mention the, uh, okay, for those of you that are women, okay, you'll know what I'm talking about. Well, maybe Trey does too, (laughs) because he's got girls. Um, The uh, always (laughs) is a a line of feminine products. And I'm like, you know, you know what? They should really make maxi pads with wings, you know, and I kind of finagled, you know, something like that. I'm like, you know, otherwise it's, it's, okay, sorry, I'm grossing people out, but you know, it's not. Not very good when things spill over. And uh, yeah, the Always Company came out and I'm like, hallelujah, that was my idea. And boy, I could have made a lot of money had I, <laughs> had I put this out. But uh, obviously, it was yeah. my passion. And right so there, is the curse of the creator is that you have all mm. the ideas. And we make this assumption that because we have the idea, we are supposed to do something with it. And so if we don't, we beat ourselves up. And if yep. we do, we assume it's going to be successful. And then if it's not, we, we wonder why. And the reality is that levels of success in business are not measured by dollars. They're measured by trust. And if right now you have not proven that you are um, trustworthy, I don't mean as a friend or as a confidant or as a parent, but I mean that you're trustable, that you can make a promise and then deliver on that promise in a profitable way, then you won't be able to grow a business. You won't be able to have team right? You certainly won't ever be able to get investors. And so all the things that you see out there that you think might be happening through magic, there's actually very practical step-by-step processes that can take you to higher levels of wealth, regardless of where you are. And yes, it does begin by understanding your wealth dynamics profile, because if you take the right steps, but in the wrong way, then you're still, still taking the wrong steps, right? So if you are you know, following the, the Warren Buffett's strategy to wealth, Karen, you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt because you don't have his patience and his detail, right? So that means that you can't be out here creating and starring and talking to people. And instead, you're going to be behind the scenes just accumulating things and counting, you know, your beans. That's not going to ever feel right for you. So And then we're going to have to give something up. But understanding mm. that, that thing we give up is temporary, Right, and that we get to lean into the things that we love, so it totally compensates for it. And then eventually, when you get up to the higher levels of wealth, you're doing something you're passionate about, right? Because that, that's that's what's huge for me is if you do the right thing and you're not passionate about it just to make money, um, that's cool if it gets you out of a bad space. But you better pivot into something you're passionate about, or you'll never get above just surviving. 
Right. A lot of people are in that, in that space. Like they know for sure that this is not where they want to be and they're thinking about or just starting a brand new business, but they're in a job they hate or they're kind of bored or something like that. And they're just so afraid. And, you know, and on the other hand, some people are like, oh, I'm just going to quit. And it's, and it's like, how are you going to pay your rent? Right. Um, and you're not yeah. saying, Hey, just like blanket the next day, quit everything. <laughs> you know, like there's a way in which, you know, you do this, um, that you can both honor, you know, your genius and where you want to go and your, you know, I keep saying ideas because I'm a creator, but, you know, to, to get to where you want to go. But then um, you, it's okay to, to stay with the job that you hate for a short period of time because you have this other thing you're going to pivot to. So you can exactly. learn these things. Yeah, and, I mean, and there's multiple paths, right? So maybe your path is something you're just not even thinking about. Maybe you're like my wife and you're a, you're a supporter. And your path is actually through your community and your network. The people that you're talking to all the time could actually be your key to creating wealth. And it might not be at all the way you're thinking right now. You're not going to go sell things to your community necessarily. right? They may actually be the critical links between you and that next level of prosperity and abundance, which is really what this is all about. It's all about abundance. It's recognizing that there's enough wealth for everyone, and that wealth is not a um, confined pie that we're trying to get a piece of, but wealth is something that is created from within you. You have a unique genius, whether that is bringing an idea to the world or overseeing and making sure things run the right way or delivering products or going out and networking. All of those things create wealth. And so we, we put ourselves into a zero-sum game where we look at the wealthy and we blame them and we say they're wrong or they're bad or whatever because they have more than the people who have less. And maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe there's a way to redistribute the wealth that is, but we're completely leaving out the other side of the equation, which is that a million years ago, this was just a rock floating around in the sky. Where did all mm-hmm. the wealth come from? It wasn't imported from another planet. So all the wealth that's here has come from people and still does on a daily basis. And so that genius that you bring into the world, you don't have to do it in your own business, right? But there are certain critical elements to making sure that if you're doing it within somebody else's organization, you make sure you own the value that you're creating. That way it does create wealth for you. And if you don't get to own the cash and own the company and have equity and royalties, how can you leverage what you are doing and are creating to be able to create more wealth for you, i.e. connections, experience, a resume, uh, you know, portfolio, things that you can use to move on into the next stage of your career. So it's all about stepping stones, but when you're trying to jump from one stone to the next with your eyes closed in the pitch dark, it's scary <laughs> and you trip a lot and you make mistakes. And so what we aim to do is to use these frameworks, Wealth Dynamics, there's another one called Wealth Spectrum, uh, and there's one called Ikigai. And we use these to be able to look at you as an individual and say, okay, what is the bio-identical business for this person? What is the business mm. that is uniquely designed for their purpose, their passions, their skills, and can make them the amount of money that they need to make in order to be able to provide for themselves, put back for retirement, take care of their kids, pay their taxes, take care of their health, right? The whole thing. And that's enough. We don't need to be billionaires. Uh, although some people, that's what will happen as a result of them creating a billion dollars worth of value in the market. And that's okay. I'm okay with people that become massively successful if they're doing it in a way that actually provides value to others. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, here's a question. Um, so uh, I, you know, I don't have enough money for my healing business to, you know, barely make ends meet. Um, I want to, you know, uh, 
I, I love doing healing work, but I don't want people to pay a lot of money for it. How am I going to afford these other people in my business to support me when I can't even pay for my own stuff? I think I had this question too before, <laughs> you know, so I, is, I understand this question. And it's a question that I, I hear a lot, right? And typically I hear that question for one of a couple of reasons. One might be because the person has an idea in their mind of what it's supposed to look like. And so they're only considering mm-hmm. that, i.e. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be a solopreneur healer who goes and helps people with my specific modality. And through doing so, mm-hmm. I pay all my bills. Well, maybe, or maybe there's something else you're not thinking about completely, like an organization that has a ton of flow and makes thousands and thousands of dollars a day who could use somebody of your skill set and value in a contractor position to come in and provide for their clients. And by doing so, you start to create connections with people in that market that give you a couple of things. One, you learn how they do their marketing and their strategy by being inside of an organization that's able to maintain more flow than you. Two, you get in direct conversation with the types of clients that you want to help, so you begin to have more and more conversations, allowing you to be able to more easily speak the language of their challenges so that when you do your own marketing and your own um, you know, promotion, you're able to speak more directly to those challenges. So we can get into flow. We can learn. And those steps will then allow us to be able to say, okay, well, now I'm starting my own thing over here, and we're doing it from a place of flow rather than just a place of complete, you know, in the desert trying to dig a hole to hopefully find water we just go to the river, we get the water going, and then from there we can kind of branch off. So that's like one answer if the person's just fixed to an idea of what it should look like. The other answer is more often than not, if you're struggling with money, it's because you're not managing it, not because you're not making enough. More often than not, it's because you don't look at your numbers and so you're scared of them. And because you're scared of them, you don't look at them and it becomes a business cycle. So, oh, been there, they've done that too. Yeah. First thing I have people do is actually look at their numbers. And I hear this from people who are, what you just described is what we would call infrared, right? Where they're spending more than they're making. They're trying to do the business, but it's going backwards. And I hear this all the time, which is, you know, Trey, you made me look at my numbers and it hurt, but it hurt a lot more. (laughs) Yeah. It actually feels better to know I'm in a bad space, right? And be able to Mm. do something right? Because when we look at our numbers, it doesn't mean just go look at your bank account. That'll, that's actually what will drive you nuts. You'll look at it and there'll be a ton and you'll think you're okay. And then you'll mess up and then you'll be in you know, distress. And then you'll look at it and there's not enough. And then you got to hustle because your account's empty. All of that is, is, is being in reaction. We want to be proactive. Mm-hmm. We look at money and we look at money in time. So that, that's why I love what I get to do. Uh, what Grace and I get to do is because it's not just the spiritual side. It's not just the internal side. It's not just, you know, what is my path? What is my purpose? What is my passion? You know, it's not just the meditations that we give people. I mean, we do all of that. But that alone, that's just the yin. The yang is what do my numbers need to look like? What activity do I need to take? What's my duty? What kind of, uh, you know, conduct do I need to commit to? What does my brand need to look like? When should I actually talk about brand? So we bring the two worlds together because it is my, my true belief. Uh, I have a book coming out later this year called Hustle and Heal, which is that you have oh, to do great. both. You can't I love just that. be on one side doing all the healing all the time, and you can't yep. just be on the other side doing all the hustle all the time. It comes back again to that yin and that yang, that, that duality, that polarity, that balance right between the two, and just understanding that that middle way is actually the fastest because you're not going to be on that pendulum and you're not going to be on that roller coaster. Instead, you're just going to be walking forward with confidence, clarity, and direction. That is cool. Now, one of the other things I thought was really cool when I spoke to you before was that now I didn't do it in the right order, but you know, live and learn. So, so when, when, when someone is ready, 
uh, or understands, you know, who they need as a, you know, support or helper in their, say, you know, entrepreneurial business, um, you can help, you know, based on the Wealth Dynamics profile and everything you've talked about, you can help them decide what profile they need next on their list yeah. and then next after that and then next after that, right? Yeah, so, so your, your profile is the key to your team. By understanding yourself and who you aren't, it shows you who you need. And there's a simple formula and process we follow, which I would need to draw. Um, but basically, you, you do that, you get the right people. And then how do you afford those people? Well, that depends on your level. Sometimes the fastest way to get a team is to join one, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. To, to invite someone else's investment until yours pays off is cool. Sometimes it's to just bring on some you know, part-time subcontractors right? For my stars and creators and supporters, once you guys take the test and figure out what you are, if you're one of those three, the first person you should probably hire is an accountant, just somebody to count the beans and make sure you're cashing the checks and everything's done properly. So true. Right? <laughs> very inexpensive, right? It doesn't have to be a full-time employee. But if you're at a higher level, right? If you're, if you're somebody who is uh, a stressed out, self-employed solopreneur, and maybe you've already got the accountant, but you're just spending all your time, you know, working. Like there are healers that are tired yeah. and need themselves to rest because they're just yeah. doing it all day, right? So for that person, building a team is actually more imperative because they need to be focused on their highest value task, which is ideally service, right? Unless maybe they're mm-hmm. like you and they're a creator and they could actually go to even the higher level in business and have, you know, maybe other healers working for them. Like there's a path to that as well. But you can actually bring team on um, in a capacity that, everybody wins together rather than you having to take on all the risk. And so there's answers to all of it. All of it is figure outable, but it starts with the one thing I cannot do for you, which is commitment. If you are committed mm. to changing, if you're committed to your life going to the next level, if you're committed to more wealth and you're committed to more prosperity and you are willing to accept abundance, right? Like you don't achieve, you don't get abundance. It's already there. You just need to accept it. And if you're willing to accept that abundance is real and accept that abundance is, is available and all you have to do is be intent on finding your way to it and you stay in the conversation, you will get there. That is amazing. And that's, you know, just, you know, I just feel so uh, literally so much flow as you say those words, you know, there's so much hope. And I think there's many of us in this space who, like you said before, have an idea of what we think it's supposed to look like. And like this other person asking this question, um, and I know, you know, who this is. So um, I have that idea that I was supposed to serve people and make it as like as affordable as possible, right? But I couldn't even pay my rent. I couldn't pay my rent and my mortgage in the same month, (laughs) right? And then, you know, it just, it was just just a struggle. And then, you know, I'm trying to be the best for people, but I think, uh, you know, just not, being able to take care of myself, you know, the resentment built over time Um, because I had an idea that I had to charge the least amount possible. But yeah, well, I think there's a, there's wisdom in you can't help poor people by being a poor people. Yeah. So one of the, one of the pieces of advice that I had a mentor give me a long time ago was um, help the people who can afford you by charging them as much as they are willing to pay to get the value that they're looking for so that you can have enough money and time to help the people who can't afford you for free. Mm, yeah. Right? So if you really are on a mission to be able to serve the least among us, right? Awesome. How well can you serve them when you can't pay your mortgage, 
versus how well can you serve them when you can afford to have a ton of free time because your team's handling everything? How well can you serve them if, you know, you're, you're able to spend time with your family and relax and be happy so that you're fully embodied when you are with them and you're not stressed out yourself? So there, there's a little bit of um, uh, martyrdom that comes with victimhood, right, when we're in that space. And I just want to be clear here. I'm not saying that people are running around saying they're victims. I'm saying that it's a, it's a mindset, it's a perspective of the situation I'm in is outside of my control. That's what I mean by victim. So I want to be very clear here. I'm not um, saying that people aren't in spaces that are very challenging, and I'm not saying that people are having a bad attitude about it. I'm simply saying that if you are coming from a mindset that getting out of where you are is not possible. If you're coming from a place of you are where you are because of some outside force that is immutable, then you have no power. And all you have to do to get mm-hmm. your power back is decide to commit to changing it, to commit to being the hero. And, you know, there's a reason why Joseph Campbell was able to find the same story in all of the stories, that monomyth. And that's because the hero's journey is not a cakewalk or a walk in the park, right? It, it, it's it's going to have some challenges, um, but you're going to have challenges anyway. So I've always subscribed to make the challenges instead of, you know, being surprised by them. Yes, I actually have a meme on that one. It's called just, choose your challenge. Otherwise, it'll choose you. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, – you know, our, our special here, um, I'm super excited for this and, you, you know, just very generous in offering this private training uh, to my peeps here. So can you describe um, this uh, workshop, this private workshop that we'll be offering together coming up? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I told a little bit about my story earlier, but the, the, the short end of it was I used to teach people how to make money. And I did that in real estate investing. I did that in building online stores. I did that in taxing investing, a whole bunch of different paths and tactics to making money. I did over 500 different speeches. I had 100 workshops. And at those 100 workshops, I would spend three days with you know, 60, 70 people digging into their lives, their businesses, their challenges, their hopes, their dreams, their aspirations. And I would do the best that I could with the tactic that I had to be able to help them figure it out. But in 2017, when I discovered Wealth Dynamics, I realized as I was reading it, not only was this transformational in what I'd been looking for, but this is what all of those thousands of people that had been at my events and in my workshops were actually looking for. They were looking mm-hmm. for a path that was customized, unique to them, that took into account their passions, their purpose, the amount of time that they have, the amount of money that they have, their skills, what they were actually interested in. And it wasn't just, here's how to make money so that you can live on the weekends. And I was so inspired by it that I hopped on an airplane and I flew to Bali to meet the creator of Wealth Dynamics. And I sat down with him uh, at his resort, which is this beautiful, massive, um, it used to be just like a, a compound mansion in the middle of a rice paddy in Bali. And he, he turned into a resort. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with him and I said, look, you know, I, I've, I've been teaching for years and I've never seen what you have. And this is what, this is what people in my country are looking for. And so over the next three years, he and I worked together to create a workshop. So in the same vein as what I'd done before, but now teaching this work specifically. And so what we created was a half-day event where you're able to come in, 
Uh, you take the test before you get there so you have an idea of who you are, and then we jump straight in. And you connect with other people that are there to be able to understand and see the differences in who you are. We dive into what the different wealth dynamics profiles are, how to leverage those to be able to create wealth. And then we get into my favorite system at all of all, which is the wealth spectrum, which talks about the different levels and how the actions you're taking right now, if they're not working, is probably simply because it's the strategy for a level above where you are. And that's okay. Yep. Uh, so you just need to back up a little bit and take the right strategy and boom, and suddenly you're in flow and you're like, oh my gosh, I spent three years trying to figure out how to do this and now I've done it in two weeks. So we created this workshop as a way to allow people who are, you know, new to the work or who took their test years ago, but just never really applied it to be able to come in and get a crash course in half a day on what to be able to do to make that happen. And, uh, and we sold those all over the United States. We've had over 3000 people come out to our, our different events just since 2000 and I guess it was 18, 19. Um, so it's been really powerful and transformational. And so I, I have these workshops and I do them from time to time. Um, however, I was talking to Karen, talking to you, and uh, we were talking about how your audience is a specific type of person and that these people, you know, do want to have the best lives possible and they are sensitive people. And I thought, you know, it might be actually really valuable to have a private one. That's just for you and your community to be able to come out and learn this stuff in a values aligned container where everybody there is kind of coming from that same heart centered place, but also is ready, is ready to create more wealth for themselves in their life, for them families and for the organizations that they care about contributing to, because that's really what this is about. The, the money's not just for us. It's for us to be able to make a greater impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so exciting. I'm just so glad that you, you know, thought of that idea and it, it resonated right, right away. Uh, one of the questions coming up is, uh, what if I already have people that I work with in my business? Um, do I pay for them to come to this workshop? Yeah, so here's the good news. Uh, typically, these workshops are like 270 bucks for people to come out. Uh, and mm-hmm. typically, the test to take the Wealth Dynamics profile is 100 bucks. So you and I talked about this and I'm like, don't even worry about paying for the workshop. Just buy the test through the link and you can come to the workshop for free. So you need to test the people on your team anyway. So just use the test that you get through Karen uh, and you can invite them to come on. They don't have to pay anything extra. Uh, As long as they buy the test like you do, you're going to want to have that anyway because you want to make sure they're in flow and they're in the right seat on the bus. So it's actually a really easy answer because we're not even charging for the workshop. Oh, wow. That is great. Now, what if somebody knows their wealth dynamics work, uh, whatever, their their profile already? Um, they would still do the $97 to, and that would be kind of like a, you know, a discount workshop in a way, right? Uh, we'll still give them a token. So they'll, they'll still be able to take the test, use the test for a team member or a potential team member, partner, you know, spouse. So oh, same great. thing. Same thing. So we're, yeah. we're still, in the, you know, you can take the test again. I would recommend not taking it uh, more than once a year because it doesn't really change that much. Um, but okay. beyond, beyond the archetypes, what taking the test does for you when you take it again is it tells you your percentages. So this is kind of getting into a little more advanced level here, but there's a different amount of you, Karen, that is people person and is systems person and is ideas person. Now we know it's mostly ideas. But whatever percentage is people versus systems is going to determine whether or not you're the person behind the scenes kind of tweaking and building and strategizing, um, or you're the person that's doing the podcast. I think we probably have an idea. So, you know, we, we <laughs> look at that and that helps determine it as well. So I would say if you've already taken the test, you probably would just use it for somebody else unless it's been years. 
Oh, okay. So your wealth dynamics profile can sort of tweak and change those percentages, but not your main profile probably won't. Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. Ah, okay, okay. Gosh. You know, I I loved that um, I intuitively um, (laughs) included this as part of the application um, process uh, for my last two team members, and it just worked like a charm, you know, just knowing who it was really helped me make a decision. Now there were other people that, you know, had vied for the job and were disappointed. Let's just say that I didn't choose them, but uh, knowing their profile, I just knew that wasn't the right profile, you know, for, for me, even though they had these skill sets and, you know, one other person who was a beautiful person said, you know, she, she ended up being a creator as well. And I said, you know, as my main, as my main administrative assistant, you're the next person, you know, down the line. I, I really can't have you the same as me because I've been there, done that, it didn't work. She goes, oh, but I can be organized and I can, I can do spreadsheets and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, but, uh, but I, you know, chose Tasha who, you know, loved the mission so much. She's like, I probably want to work for you for free. <laughs> She's like, I still believe in you and I still believe in your mission. Um, and that was just great because she had this banking background and, you know, she'd be like, oh, I'll make a spreadsheet. And I'm like, oh, good. You make the spreadsheet. You know, it's funny. People, <laughs> people sometimes talk about limits them. I, I saw a documentary the other day about like how personality tests, if they keep you from getting a job is, is wrong and it's, you know, discriminatory. And, you know, maybe the person would have been good for the job. Here's the thing. Um, mm. If you actually were to follow the person who didn't get the job, they'll probably find something way better. And had you given yep. them the job, you probably would have burned out and not felt in flow. And yep. so even the mindset of, of, well, I didn't get the position because my personality test and that's wrong, that's still scarcity. It's still believing that there's not something better for you out there. Right. I'm not saying a specific person was wrong. I was just, you know, commenting on this documentary I was watching because there was this woman and she was like, you know, I, I got turned down from jobs because of this. And like, it was this, this really mm. um, that story where she had just given up because of, you know, not getting a position because, and I'm like, you're assuming that there's a scarce supply of opportunity. And right. That, a little bit of that victim mentality there. You'll find that truth if that's what you think. What's that? A little bit of victim mentality coming from that person. Yeah. Well, quite a bit, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and that, that, that we always say that your profile is not an excuse, right? So just because mm-hmm. you're a creative away with not getting things done just because you're a supporter doesn't mean you don't have to make sure the details are taken care of but we can be aware that those are the areas where we're most likely going to mess up and so if we have a team that can watch our six right if i can watch the details for grace if she can watch the people for me right if um our accumulator can watch the numbers for both of us and then we don't get into the spot where you know let's say you're somebody listening to this and you do make a lot of money right if, mm-hmm. if you're making money, you've always made a lot of money. It's been pretty easy if you make a lot of money. I would be willing to bet the other side of that is you spend a lot of money and have a hard time being able to save it and track it and invest it and grow it. And when you do try and do that, you often lose it, right? So those things tend to balance themselves out. And so you can create this ideal, this, this vision of perfection where we're able to make it easily and hang on to all of it, right? But those run contrast to each other. So again, team comes into place and plumbing making sure that your wealth is actually flowing through a, an intentional system, right? So again, we're looking at the, the young too. Uh, what does that need to look like? What does the structure need to look like? And if you resist that part of it because you want to, you know, just quote unquote, go with the flow, you actually won't have any flow because there's no plumbing system for the fluid to be able to flow. Through <laughs> okay. to be able yeah. to go through. 
And so a lot of people, they think when I talk about flow that I talk about just going with the flow and just seeing yep, what happens. Yep. Yep. I have a tattoo on my wrist that says surrender because I had to learn that sometimes you can't force things, that sometimes you, you do have mm. to just you know, be in allowing. But I have another tattoo on my other wrist that says discipline. We have to have wow. both. There's a balance between the two. And so if you find yourself right now um, kind of, you know, stressed out, working all the time, you're making good money, but you, you, you just, you're going crazy, then you probably need some more surrender in your life. You probably need to learn how to let go, relax, and be in a, you know, get into a parasympathetic state and, and, and start to let go of controlling everything. But if you're on the flip side and you're somebody who, you know, just feels blah and maybe you're depressive a little bit and you're just frustrated that there's not enough flow or wealth or anything coming into your life, take a look at how you're spending your time and how disciplined you actually are around your time, around your money, around your connections. And there's a chance that you just need a little bit more of that. We don't want to go from one extreme to the other. We just need to add a little dose of discipline if we're in too much surrender and a little bit of discipline or a little bit of surrender if we're in too much discipline. Oh, that's great. Another yin and yang analogy. Yeah, I totally understand that that, that whole flow thing is um, people assume that, you know, flow only means that um, you're just doing whatever you feel like. And that there's many, many healer friends of mine who unfortunately, you know, have not been able to make enough money in their businesses to actually do what they love. So they're doing other things, um, which they don't love as much. Um, but their motto was like, I'm just going with the flow, meaning like whatever turns up, you know, whatever, you know, I, I don't feel like doing this anymore. So I'm going to change gears, right? And they've changed gears so many times, nothing has gotten off. And then what's happened is that their clientele um, is like, what? what, what are you doing now? You know, and it's like, they're on and then they're off. No, I'm doing this. No, I'm back to this. No, I'm doing this. Right. And, it, and that trust piece you talked about is really, really hard because as a student, you know, of, 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 you know, or people, you know, friends of, of some of these folks, um, I'm like, how am I supposed to trust you? I don't know what you're going to be doing tomorrow. Yeah. Can I refer a client to you and know that you're going to actually be able to take them on, right? Like, like yes. I, I that happen all the time. And again, it's because we live in this binary world, you know, black and white, and left and right, Republican and Democrat, and you know, all of that. And so society is always telling us it's one or the other. Duality, non-duality, yin and yang, that's all telling us that it's both. So what does it look like to not just go with the flow, but also have discipline? What does it look like to be a river and not a pond? Right? Mm. So move, there's actually flow and you're going to go with it. You're not going to try and swim upstream, but in a pond, you're just sitting there, you know? So <laughs> There's a lot of people in ponds. <laughs> you actually want movement and you want gain. Well, in flow, you can sit there and have movement. In the river, like you, if you're sitting there, there, there's stuff happening because you put yourself in the right place. And so what did it take to get there? Well, you had to grab the canoe and you had to like climb over to the river and you had to get in. And every now and then you got to keep yourself straightened out with your paddles. And so, yeah, there's a whole lot less work when you're in flow. But to quote unquote, just go with the flow to just like kind of do whatever is there. It's only half of the formula. It's only half of the approach. Mm. And so we, we tend to go in one way or the other. And we see the hard charging extreme, you know, guys online. I always call it hustle porn. You know, the Gary Vaynerchuk and the, and the, you know, Grant Cardone. <laughs> and the are just like, you got to work like 50 hours a day. And that turns off so many spiritual sensitive people. And they're like, yeah, well, obviously, absolutely. that's why well, I should just do the exact I don't want to be like that person, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I, I don't want to be cold, so I should obviously go jump in a fire. Or I don't want to be hot, so I should obviously go, you know, live in Antarctica. 
like, no, there's a middle path. There's a middle way. Mm. And understanding that is actually the key to flow. Mm, that's great. And I, and I think, you know, looking back at these and myself included, these instances of uh, almost like an excuse, like, oh, I'm in the flow, right? And the, the, I'm just, you know, following where the energy goes. There's the other spiritual uh, excuse. I'm just following where the energy goes. And what I think happened, because I've experienced it, is that we've come up against an obstacle and we go, well, this must not be it then if it's hard. <laughs> or there's an obstacle, you know, so I must have to go the other way instead of flowing around it, like in a river, kayak, you know, that's a great analogy or metaphor. Um, I, I'm sure you see that quite a bit too. Well, I mean, if, if, if you are actually following the energy, then you would be able to see how the quote unquote block that's coming into your life is actually here to teach you something, to provide you yeah. some sort of value that's going to empower and enable you to continue moving to continue to go on the flow instead of seeing, you know, everything as a door closed in your face and, Oh, I should abandon or go a different direction completely. Instead you look for the flow because if you're not looking for it again, you will see what you look for. So if you're looking for, Oh, how is this obstacle a gift? How is this challenge actually right. some sort of value that by recognizing it will empower me to do something differently or do something, be something more right. And so you learn from it rather than it being like, oh, guess this didn't work, you know, and I'm looking for something completely outside of myself where I'm like, oh, you know, the universe has my back, true, but it's not completely all predestined. There's an extent to which I get to interact with this reality. I don't know if it's 10%, 30%. I know a lot of it's written in the stars. So this kind of um, just willingness to assume that, you know, oh, if something is challenging, that must be a closed door. It really limits possibility, right? You don't, you're mm. not seeing what else could be there. So I would say if you're actually going with the flow, right, then you want to also be able to guide that flow, right? So if I'm having an emotional experience, if something feels like a failure, right, I'm going to recognize that. I'm going to feel it for a minute because it's part of who I am to feel that. And then I'm going to look for, okay, great. What can I feel positive about? What areas of my life are working? Okay, maybe this business thing didn't work today, but my family's healthy and, you know, my relationship is great. And I look for those other areas where I can balance out that emotion. And when I come to a centered place, then I can make a clear decision. And I don't have to just automatically react to going the opposite direction simply because something happened. I can say, okay, what can I learn from this and how can I move forward? Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Um, we have one more question, but I did want to um, uh, give the link here for that special private workshop. So the workshop, um, you know, normally is like $275, not including the Wealth Dynamics profile test, uh, but Trey's offering for our group um, $97 for both the test and, you know, three and a half, four hour workshop. And that link is pretty linked at karencan.com forward slash WD workshop, all one word. So that uh, stands for Wealth Dynamics Workshop. So karencan.com forward slash WD workshop. And uh, if you're on my email list, we will actually email you a reminder as well, as well as the replay for this uh, very valuable you know, podcast interview. Um, the one question is here. Let me just find it. Oh, okay. Um, can you, Trey, can you tell us the difference between the uh, rocket fuel profiling system and wealth dynamics? Uh, I don't know rocket fuel, unfortunately. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's like four. I think it's very simple. It's like four things: visionary, integrator, something, something. I don't know it either. <laughs> so, I will say um, this: almost all personality profiling systems are based on Carl Jung's work and the Jungian archetypes, which basically mm-hmm. four separate types. Mm-hmm. And those types are typically the big picture thinkers, the creative people. Um, the kind of sensory awareness, more grounded, service-oriented, loving people, um, the more analytically-minded, um, more systems-minded people, as well as the people that are more outgoing and love variety. In fact, if you look at um, the, the first four of the six human needs that Tony Robbins talks about, it lays over to those. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John lay over to those. Like, there's so many different places mm. we can for personality traits coming out. Um, they're all based on the I Ching. You know, Carl Jung wrote the, uh, the, the translation, uh, or not the translation, but the forward to the first uh, American English translation to the I Ching. So they're all kind of based off of this Chinese text. What wealth oh, that's great. I haven't seen the others do is it says, okay, cool, here's who you are, what you are. This is what you do with it. This is your pathway. For instance, like you can be that creative type, you know, what we would call dynamo. Um, and that could show up as engineering better systems, engineering better brands, or creating better products. Which of those three should you take? Well, that really comes down to your wealth dynamics profile. So they're, they're slightly different, but they're different enough that a life path gone one way can be a wreck and a life path gone mm. another. Right. And I think you also mentioned to me before in our private conversation about, you know, I, I said something about the Chinese five elements and, um, uh, you know, and, and Ayurveda is like four elements and, you know, and you said something about spirit or that fifth element. Um, Cause it, you know, there's, there's a square thing, right. And I'm thinking five. So do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. So if, you, if you, if you look at the I Ching, right. So the, the five elements are water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. And mm-hmm. in wealth dynamics, we actually lay those over on what looks like a square, but is actually the base of a pyramid. So it has four sides, but it has a point at the top as well in the center, which you can't really see. Again, we're not here to draw things, so I can't show you. Um, But the dynamo energy, that creative person, is relative to wood, which is all about growth. And then fire is all about, you know, glowing and being out there and connecting, you know, the, the warmth and summer. And then you have the earth element, which is more grounded and present and aware and service. And then you have the metal element, which is more structured and systemized and clear. And while all of those energies are so disparate, it causes sometimes conflict between people. Like I'll have I had a conversation the other day. Sometimes I do debriefs for people um, where we'll hop on the phone and we'll go through their profile. And I was doing one with a friend the other day. So I guess he thought it was cool without asking to have his wife hop on. Well, that turned into a therapy session <laughs> because – he was totally metal element and he's totally fire element and fire melts metal. So he drove her nuts with his like wanting to just go out and connect with people and just bring people onto the team without really talking to her. And he didn't understand why she couldn't just trust him to do that. And it came down to because she needed control. She needed to understand the word how is kind of that key ingredient. She understand how is the person going to achieve the job. So we were able to kind of talk through and work through that. But the reason I say all this is there is one element that unites the other four in wealth dynamics, a little bit different from the the specific way that the I Ching does it. But in wealth dynamics, the water element, the fifth element, is is all about flow. It's all about why. It's all about purpose. It's the spirit element that connects the team. So even though one person might be looking this way and the other person's looking that way, let's say you're the person that wants to drive ahead with 50 projects and your accumulators over here going, but wait, we need to get the systems in place and timing has to be right. That could cause tension 
right? But the reason why it works is because you're unified in purpose. If you're mm-hmm. doing it for the same reason, you're trying to achieve the same outcome, then we can get over those, those differences that cause the tension. And when we learn to be appreciative of the tension, like the tension that you apply to a kite string to keep the kite flying in the sky or the tension you apply to a piano or guitar string to keep the music playing, mm-hmm. the tension's not a bad thing. The tension's actually what enables everything to work. But what you don't want is too much tension, right, so that the, the, it just completely breaks and that often happens because you don't recognize, respect, and appreciate the tension. And so you end up quitting or firing somebody uh, because they're pulling too hard against you and you don't recognize mm-hmm. that that's actually healthy. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Wow, this is great. I've got so many sticket notes right now. <laughs> I should have just brought my book in here. Uh, I got a lot of memes to make. Um, okay, so I'm just going to share with everyone that uh, URL invite. And by the way, this is going to be... Uh, next week is May 19th, 2021, between 2 and 6 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be doing this um, private training with Trey. And like we said before, the Wealth Dynamics profile, um, which is $97, you're going to get this one for free if you use it through this link, this special link. And it's karencan.com forward slash WD workshop. And uh, that will bring you to that special page where you get that special deal. Um, and then it is going to be, like I said, May, Wednesday, May 19th, between 2 and 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern. And uh, you'll be able to um, listen or watch, I should say, the, the replay as well if for whatever reason you can't make it live or, or, or you have to leave partway through. Um, you'll be able to watch the replay as well. So it's a really great investment. Uh, and I think even people that are in jobs that, you know, we said before, this isn't all about just if you're a business owner per se, this can really, really um, help you. And um, I'm looking forward to, you know, taking the next step uh, with you guys. Um, I think I'm ready, pretty close to ready <laughs> for the next step. Um, uh, it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, Trey, any last uh, words for our folks listening in? Um, sure. I mean, if, if you're listening to this and you're still listening, that means that there is a chance that right now you are in a place where you desire to have more wealth and you understand that that's defined as more flow in your life, where you're able to spend more time with the people that you love, contribute to the causes that matter to you, as well as be able to produce an income uh, that allows you to enjoy this life, put something back for later and help those in need. If that's a place that you're in and, I, and you're still here, I just want you to understand that I see you. And I understand that you have a gift that you're bringing in this world. If you're a healer, if you are a coach, if you're a mentor, if you're somebody who has committed yourself to serving other people, then you actually have most of it figured out. There's just a few, mm. little, few little things that you need to do. There's a lot of people chasing money that still haven't figured out what you figured out, which is that it's actually about providing service being of value. So once you can figure out those other pieces, all of the latent knowledge, all of the latent wisdom and experience that you have that's brought you this far can be unlocked and unleashed upon the world. And so I just want to invite you, whether you're coming to this event or not, to really start leaning into finding your flow, understanding who you are. You know, even if all you do is take the test and you don't even come out and meet us, you don't even take get the test from me, just find out who you are, find your path and follow your flow. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much, Trey. Thank you for your time. Uh, this has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening in and for the great questions. Until next time, bye for now. Lots of love, everyone. Thank you, Trey. Thanks, Karen.